Okay. I think it's easy sometimes when we've known the gospel for any length of time and we've been part of the church, part of the people of God for any length of time, to, it kind of gets comfortable like an old shoe, but it also can get kind of boring like an old shoe. And we can sometimes forget what we have until we lose it or until we go to a place where people aren't enjoying that. So, so part of the goal tonight is for us to really remind ourselves of the amazing gift that God has given to us in the gospel in Christ and, and displayed in the church family. And it's fitting that we would talk about this on a night that we're going to uh, welcome the new members from the last year, uh, reminding ourselves once again just how valuable it is. And this is part of God's wisdom that he draws people from all walks of life, all ethnicities, and he brings them together in Christ and displaying his great wisdom. Well, we're looking at verses 7 through 10 of Ephesians 3. And I thank Justin last week for, for teaching. And, uh, and I might as well, I, I should have introduced him before, like, some of you might be like, who is this guy? And you could look in the, uh, I should have introduced him. I'm sorry that I didn't. Um, Justin is one of our uh, pastoral trainees. He actually has pastoral experience. And uh, he also helps with the uh, singles ministry. And uh, we're, just, we're just grateful for him and Allison and their family. And appreciate his teaching uh, last week. All right, so verse 7 of Ephesians 3 of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power to me. Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I've named our study tonight, Minister of Christ Riches. So Christ is the one with infinite riches, and when we're given the gospel to share with other people, it's like we get to hand out the riches. We get to to hand them out as a servant of God, and that's what Paul was doing. Verse 9, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So you would expect a being so powerful and so wise as to be able to create all the multifaceted creation, all the colors, all the things that work together, the stars and the planets, and what's, uh, what we'd look at, at a tel- with a telescope, what we would look at with a microscope, the way God designed all of that as the creator, we would expect him to display that kind of artistry, that kind of wisdom, in the church that he has created through Christ. Verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold, and there's our word, variegated, multifaceted wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. As we look at these verses, we're going to look at it under these three headings. Number one, we're going to look at the subject of the divine gift. 
this ministry that Paul has received was a divine gift to him. Um, and because of that gift, it gave Paul a personal purpose. He had a job description, a, a job to do, and there's a goal to that job that's given to us in verse 10. So the divine gift, the personal purpose, and the, the ultimate goal. So let's start with looking at this divine gift of this gospel. I was made a minister. So we need to come over here and start looking at, at some of these words. You know what? I forgot to lock this down. So keep it from rolling around. Okay. Um, now, I want you to help me with some of these words, because we've seen a lot of these words before. So, this word, gospel, what does it mean? Good news. And another way of defining it is news that brings joy. I like to keep those, you know, good news is news that brings joy. And so, wherever you see uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ go, you find it's good news, and therefore it's productive of joy, because now we have peace with God. Now there's hope for us. Now uh, there's forgiveness, and there's eternal life, and all, all the blessings that God brings to us. Of this gospel, I was made a minister. Um, and, and, and I want to talk a little bit more about the gospel good news, because he's been talking a lot about the fact that the ethnicities, verse 6, the verse that Justin talked about last week, one of the verses he talked about last week, um, we talked about the Gentiles, the ethnicities, who weren't the original recipients of God's, um, of God's revelation. The Jews were. So these are all the ethnicities. They are now fellow heirs. Think about what that means. That means they have an inheritance with saints. Think about what that inheritance is. New heaven, new earth, sinlessness, immortality, uh, an everlasting kingdom, that's, that's amazing. That is good news. You know, whatever's in your 401k, it pales by significance, okay? If you're the richest person on the planet, it's, 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 it's not a drop in the bucket compared to this inheritance, okay? It's something beyond what we could acquire for ourselves or pay for they are members of the same body. Remember, they were alienated from the commonwealth, the, the polity, the people of God, the Israelites. They weren't part of this at all. They were separated from them. Now they're brought into the same body. They're connected with them. And they're also partakers of the promise of the Messiah, the Christ. So God's been making these promises all along, and now they get to enjoy the promise as well. So what that does, it means I've got a future that's guaranteed for me. It means I've got a people to whom I belong. I, I might feel like I'm alone, but if I'm a believer, I'm not alone. I've, I've got deep, long connections to a forever family. I'm part of the body, and I get to share in the promises and the fulfillment of the promises that God has made. That's good news. Okay, so when we talk about gospel, we know right offhand, good news. Okay, but what is the good news telling me? What, what, what makes it good news? Well, my sins are forgiven. Death is banished. There's an inheritance for me. I'm part of the people of God and the promises that God has been making ever since the Garden of Eden. I get to take part in it. I get to share in it. That's amazing. Okay? And that, that's what makes it so 
spectacular that we would get to be part of this. And that leads us to our next word, minister. And this is an, an actually a, a very common word. It's used um, of all the saints later in Ephesians and how they serve one another to build one another up in Christ. Okay? It's, it's got a, it's a term that's also used in the specific sense for the deacons in the church. They're to, to serve. They're, they're supposed to help mobilize people for service. They're supposed to display what service looks like. And so Paul's saying, I've been made a deacon. I've been made a minister. I, I'm here to serve. Of this gospel, I was made a minister. I'm supposed to serve up the gospel. I, I've been called by God to actually spread this gospel. And this is according to the gift of God's grace. Who remembers what grace means? Grace means what? Yeah, yeah, unmerited favor. That means God has shown kindness to me, goodness to me, that I could never deserve or earn. Okay? And, and it's like he underscores it. Um, like he says it twice. He uses a different word for this, but... but the word gift and the word grace, um, different word for gift here. Sometimes the word for gift is, is related to the word for grace. But, but the concepts, even with the different word, are the same. Grace is a gift. And a gift, by definition, is not something I paid for. It's something somebody else paid for. It's something that's given to me that I didn't pay for. And so Paul was given this gift. Now, what is, what is the gift that he was given? It wasn't just the gospel. What is the gift in this passage? Who thinks they know? Here's the key word right here. Okay? It, it's the gift of getting to be a servant in Christ's kingdom, serving up the gospel to people. That, that was a gift. Now, this is going to become more evident as a gift as we look at, at Paul's life. It, it um, was given to him by the working. This is a word we get energy from, so think about energizing. Okay, there's power flowing. It's like you've got a power saw, and um, it's not working. And then you look and you see that the cord is not plugged in. You plug in the cord, and now when you turn it on, zoom, it's energized. It's got power. Paul was energized with God's power. Now, there's a word we get from the word used here. The word used here in the text is one of the words that's often translated miracle. It's the word dunamis. Can you think of a word that we get from dunamis? Dynamite. Okay, now dynamite is for blowing things up. But the reason they called it dynamite is because of the power that was packed in a small space. If you, you know, light the stick of dynamite and it blows up and it, it does lots of work. Now, they had never heard of dynamite before. Okay, they didn't call God's power power because of dynamite. We call dynamite dynamite because of the word power. Okay? So, but it's the idea of this miraculous level of ability that God displays. So God 
God was energizing using his power in Paul. And look at the way, you know, you would say, oh, the Apostle Paul, he wrote 13 books of the New Testament. He's, he's like amazing. He's like a super saint. He probably, you know, he, he's like super Christian. Um, he's like the, you know, he, he's the super elite of Christians. Not the way he looked at himself. Look at how he described himself. To me, though I am the very least. And what, what's cool about this word, if I were to translate it very literally, this is the word. I don't have a place to put Let's see, I'm going to put it sideways, okay? Can you read sideways? I won't do it backwards, but I'll do it sideways. Okay, so I am the leaster. In other words, I'm less than the least, which is why they translate it, though I am the very least of all the saints, all the people that belong to God and therefore are holy. Why would Paul describe himself that way? Now think about it. Here is a guy who used to hate Jesus and hate Christians and saw to it that they were imprisoned and that they were killed. And God says, I'm choosing you to share the good news of Jesus to the whole world. Here's a guy that was a Pharisee, religion that said, I stay close to God by being separate from everybody else, especially all the ethnicities. I'm going to be a super Jew and stay apart from all the ethnicities. And God says, I'm going to have you take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ethnicities. You will be the apostle, the sent one to the Gentiles. If you had to choose, like if we were looking for, you know, we had a position open. We need somebody to fill the pastor for the apostle to the Gentiles. You wouldn't be looking in Paul's corner. We wouldn't be saying, what we need is a persecutor and somebody wants nothing whatsoever to do with Gentiles to be the apostle to the Gentiles of the gospel of Jesus. You would never choose somebody like that. You say, he's not, I mean, how can he be that? God showed his power by totally reversing Paul's course and then taking the abilities that he had that he was using for the devil and and saying, no, now you're going to use them for God. He thought he was serving God, but he was actually fighting God. And, And God was goading him. I mean, God used, I mean, Paul watched Stephen stoned to death, and he took part in that, and and he could never get that out of his mind, and God started using that, and then on the road to Damascus, God turns him around, so Paul could look back and see how God had totally, radically changed his life, and that's why he would say, look, God just gave this to me. God just gave this to me. Not all of us go through a Damascus Road experience. Not all of us have a career of killing Christians. But the reality is, if if you are a genuine believer today and you have the gift of the gospel, the reality is you could never carry that gift to anybody if God didn't change you from the inside out, if God didn't bring you to life from death, if God didn't change you from darkness to light, if God didn't turn you from a rebel to a saint and a citizen, if, if God didn't work that miracle 
and hadn't worked in a mighty way in your life, you could never take part in this. So that the very fact that, that you and I would, would be able to, to do this, to share the gospel, it is reliant on God having changed us in a way we could never change ourselves. God having done things we could never do ourselves. God having removed our sin from our record. God having given us eternal life and the Holy Spirit. God having just changed who we are. And so, I mean, we would say it in the vernacular, it's just like really super cool that I even get to do this because there's no way I and myself was qualified. And, and that's what Paul is talking about. It was God's grace to him, not just to give him the gospel of salvation, not just to, for him to be saved, but to say, now I want you to be a mouthpiece for me to share it with other people. It teaches us something about God. God is, is lavishly generous in his gifts to us. And, and God treats us not in a way that we've earned and not in a way we deserve, but far, far better than that. And, and one of the ways that he does that is in the power that he sends coursing through us as believers by the Spirit of God so that we get to do things that we never thought we could ever do because of the way God is changing us. And, and when you are aware of that happening in your life, I mean, you just kind of sit back and vibrate. It's, it, it is a reason you praise God. Like, God, I can't believe. I can't believe I'm getting to do God, I can't believe that. Um, and this is one of, the, one of the blessings about knowing the Lord for some time. You, you kind of, well, in one sense, you see that you're, you're more sinful than you ever thought you were before. You realize how weak you are. And in another sense, you see ways God has changed you that you never thought you could change. And... And you know that it wasn't from you. You know that it was from him. And that brings great joy. This, this is the news that brings joy. This is the God that gives powerful, uh, wonderful gifts. Well, all of this now gives him purpose. And I, I use the word purpose, and it's his own personal purpose. You know, to me this is given. Because then he starts, starts talking about this gift of grace given to preach to the Gentiles. Remember, Gentiles, so where we get ethnicities from, okay? So it's not just talking about, not just non-Jews, but, but all the different people groups, all the variety uh, of kinds of people that, that are out there, the ethnicities, okay? And, and the word preach is not just the word proclaim, it's the word that means to announce good things. What is the word that means to announce good things? And maybe I can put it this way, to announce good news. What would that word be? We talk about evangelical churches. Why do we call them evangelical churches? We're actually using a little bit of Greek. It means... This is preaching the good news. When we're preaching the good news, when we're proclaiming the good news, what do we call that? Uh, evangelizing. Yes, this is evangelizing. I am evangelizing the Gentiles. And, and, and the way I'm evangelizing is I'm taking to them 
these unsearchable riches. Um, that means the, the, the riches of Christ are so vast and so broad that, that you can't even dig them all out. They're beyond searching. They're the unsearchable riches of Christ. Not only, let I me mean, think about this, not only what Christ gives, but what Christ owns. If I give something to you, you're going to assume that I have the right to give it to you because I, it belongs to me. So, whatever Christ gives comes from the infinite reservoir, the infinite riches of what Christ has. So, when Christ gives us forgiveness and reconciliation to God and power through the Holy Spirit and an inheritance that lasts forever, He's just drawing from the bank account, the infinite bank account that is His. It's never going to run dry. And, and what Paul gets to do as a minister, he is a minister, a servant of these unsearchable riches of Christ. He gets to go around handing out money. <laughs> he gets to go around handing out riches. He, he gets to show the world what a giving God, God is through Christ. And... You know, all things belong to Jesus. All things were created by him and for him. And then the next thing, the way he describes it, is not just evangelizing, but he, he uses this phrase, to bring to light. This is the word we get photo from. Um, it, it means that you're, you're bringing light to something. We, a, a, a photo... Initially, if you think back to the, the old photos, you're, you're letting light create the image. And we've gotten more sophisticated now. We still call it photos, okay? But, but the idea is you're bringing light. Have you ever, if there were no light, could you take any pictures? I guess, I, I, I know you've got night vision goggles or something. You know, there, there, are, there are ways, but... but but in general, you can't see color, you can't, you can't see anything if there's no light, okay? So, he is not only telling good news, he is bringing light. Good news to the ethnicities that used not to be part of all this that God had given, and light for everyone. And... What he's bringing to light is the plan. This is the word we get economy from. It has the idea of a management plan. It's the way God, the plan that God has for managing his universe. Bring to light the economy of the, the mystery. It was once hidden, and now it's been made known. Remember, he's talking about the mystery, and that's that the Gentiles would be included with the Jews in this one body. It was hidden for ages in God who created all things. So God the creator, by the way, you can't get rid of God as creator by just getting rid of Genesis 1 through 11. It's like through the whole Bible. 
God, God's the creative genius here. And so this is Paul's purpose. And when you think about, think about what a privilege it is that you and I know the gospel, that, that God has given this kind of grace to us to give us this kind of gift. That gift, you know, news is meant to be shared. That gift naturally leads to our having a personal purpose. Now, we're not, we're not called to be an Apostle Paul, but if we've received the gospel, if we've received this good news, it's not good news we just sit on. No, this is what's cool about the treasure that we have in Jesus. You can give it away for a lifetime, and it will never give out. You, you can just keep handing it out. Think how cool it would be. Now, I was trying to think of some images. I, I thought before I thought of this thing, I thought, oh, let's see, I could just bring a suitcase full of money and show the kids how fun it is to hand out money. And I thought, oops, no, I don't have all that suitcase full of money. So I can't really do that. I'm not God. I don't have all these riches. So, but I do have, okay, so, so think about Think about the gospel as this incredible treasure that's yours, but it's yours to keep giving away your whole life. You just get to keep giving it away, and you get to see the, the, the eyes light up. It's like, you know, as you get older, Christmas time, what makes Christmas fun is not so much what you receive, it's what you give, and watching the expression on the face of people when they, they get something that's really amazing, that they really like and that that is really special to them it just it just feels good to get to do that well it feels good to get to take what you know is the ultimate treasure and keep handing it out to people wherever you go keep ministering to them in that way and there's a sense in which even if we're not apostles like the apostle paul the fact that we've received the gospel means that we've received something that's meant to be given out. Now, there's an ultimate purpose for this. This ministry, it's not, not just for the fun of it. Uh, it is so that, and that's why I say there's a, an ultimate purpose here, so that, you know, when you see words like this, you know that you're dealing with purpose through the church. And we know that the church is the assembly, um, the people of God, called out ones of God, and he's been explaining that this includes people from all over the world, not just Jews, okay? Through the church, and I, I can't just use blue here now. I have to use, see if I can manage all these colors, the... Manifold. Yeah, at least we got three colors up there. And if you need more colors, you can look at the wall hanging there. All right. The manifold wisdom of God might be now be made known. So wisdom, we see hear a lot about wisdom in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, the book about wisdom, and it's skillful living. It's it's knowledge that's being applied. That's being used. It's not just you know a lot of stuff, you know, but you know how to use all that stuff. And God's wisdom is displayed in, in all kinds of ways. It's displayed in creation, but it is displayed through the church. 
And that, that sets me back a little bit because a lot of, you know, the church is just like made up of ordinary people like us. How is it that, that God would display his multifaceted, multicolored wisdom in the church? And I think, I think the answer is it has to do with where the ch- what the church is made of. I mean, people from all ages, it's not just for old people, it's not just for young people, it's not just for women, it's not just for men. It, it's for people of, of all races and ethnicities. It's people from every walk of life, of all languages, that, that they are all trusting in one Savior. They are all part of this everlasting kingdom of the saints. They were all going to experience what it's like to conquer death. They're all going to come to know what it's like to no longer have one speck of sin left in their life. And you can't explain it by what language they speak, what part of the world they grew up in, what their education level is, what their IQ level is. You can't explain it in any way that way, it is explainable only by the manifold wisdom, the power of God that he actually brought them together. And so this is one reason that in the church, in a local church, really, really important that we're showing love to one another, that we're unified in our purpose, that, that, that we're not like breaking up into little, you know, cliques and little, well, this group or that group, and nobody can get into the group. That, that there's actually this, this love going on between people. In, in the church, it ought to be where somebody shows up whose face you don't recognize, and there's five or six people that are meeting them. And, and they're welcoming them in, and they're showing them the love of Christ. That's the way it ought to look. And as you see that grow, you start to see the wisdom of God. I mean, the human heart is made for that. The human heart wants to belong. The human heart doesn't want death to win. The the, the human heart doesn't want to be tyrannized. The the human heart wants people to love them. The human heart wants to love. And, And God, who created humans as they are, created the gospel to actually make that need, the manifold wisdom of God. And it's going to be made known, this is what's even more incredible, to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Now, we've seen the word heavenly places before. Literally, the heavenlies. Paul's talked about every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. It's ours, that Christ is seated in the heavenlies, uh, that that God raised us up with Christ, seated us with Him in the heavenlies. Uh, Here, the rulers and authorities in the heavenlies. And then 6.12, he's going to talk about spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly. So what we're talking about is the unseen world of spiritual reality. When we think about reality, we usually think about things that we can touch and feel and see. But there is a spiritual reality. Love, honor, courage, truth, logic, angels, demons, the heavenly city, There's a spiritual reality that the physical reality only mirrors, okay? 
So what's going on here materially where we can see as we display what God is doing in our lives through the gospel is actually giving testimony, making known to angelic ranks of angels, rulers and authorities, that's what those terms refer to, that are in that spiritual realm, the manifold wisdom of God. So, so we're testifying not just to Greenville, we're testifying to angels as to what God is doing here. And if we're testifying to angels in spiritual places, that means that what's happening right now is going to impact eternity forever. Think about it. The people that are here tonight that actually know Jesus, that are born again, that are being changed by him, they're going to be your friends and family forever. In the new heaven and the new earth, we're going to be hanging out together. We're going to be rejoicing together. We're going to be high-fiving it when God finishes up the whole plan. And right now, we're already connected to that. That's our destiny. That really does give us a reason to live. It's amazing that God would choose us to use us to display His multifaceted wisdom to angels in the spiritual realm, to display it throughout the universe, His infinite skill and His insight. So this week, let your faithful service to Christ energized by God's grace in you. Let it have its ripple effect. Think about it as giving out the riches of Christ to other people wherever you go. And think about the fact that even the angels are learning something about God because of what they see in your life. I think that gives a little significance to whatever Monday morning looks like when I know that this is the mission God has given to me. It's a divine gift to have this. It gives me a personal purpose, and we have this ultimate goal. Let's pray. God, thank you for your kindness to us. And Lord, if anything, we tend to devalue the great gift you've given to us, not only of the gospel, but of the privilege of sharing it. So, God, this week, may we revel in what you've given us in Christ from his riches, and may we rejoice at being able to give out those riches to the people that we know and people we have yet to know for the sake of Jesus. And we pray, God, you would be energizing us for this, that your power would be evident, and that your name would be praised. For it's in Christ's name we pray.